careful now. Boing. So cool to be playing vinyl. Vinyl. Took the record off the turntable. You ready for this? Welcome to Behind the Vinyl. Here's your host, Stu Jeffries. Hey, thanks for listening. Welcome to the podcast for the music lover that needs to know just a little more about their favorite artists and songs. In this episode, one of the greatest guitarists of one of the biggest rock bands in the world, Alex Lifeson of Rush, goes into detail about recording Tom Sawyer in the winter. It was cold. We played volleyball outside when it was minus 20 degrees. Uh, fortunately, we had lots of cognac and other things to keep us warm. That's just ahead. Before we get there, Gino Vanelli talks black cars and how it's not really about black cars. The year was 1983. We had uh, had uh, some good success uh, in, in the 70s and um, some good success with Nightwalker record. And that was 1981, 82 when it was released and uh, Living Inside Myself was a big hit. And then I, I found myself in trouble because uh, the record company didn't want to put out the things that I wanted to do. And uh, so uh, we were at a stalemate and I needed to create anyways. So I had this tune um, called Black Cars, but I, it wasn't yet finished. And I went to a friend of mine and um, who I wrote with sometimes and he said, well, why don't you just go to Hollywood Boulevard and check out the people, you know, walking by. So I went to Hollywood Boulevard uh, for a few days and there was this lady that kept walking by me that had that looked like yarrow root on, on her face, white circus makeup, and a, a dark kerchief and a black fur coat, long fur coat, high heels, and she looked to be maybe in her 50s or 60s. And uh, it was the, 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 the dead of summer in LA and it was about 90 degrees and how she could stand it under that fur coat was amazing to me. In any case, I looked at her and how the sun was hitting the yarrow root in her, in her cheekbones and her cracks in her faces. And I said, I, I think Black Cars is not about a car at all, it's about this lady. And so thus came, you know, her skin is cold, China white, and she's a dark angel wearing dark glasses, a fading beauty as the nighttime passes. So it was sort of a Gloria Swanson in Sunset Boulevard that, you know, lost her shot. And, but she was still like a ghost pacing up and down Hollywood Boulevard, hoping to be recognized. And that's what the song really is about. It's really not about a car at all. The only linkage to a car was that I could never get my black car to look clean. And that's the only thing that I said, well, she's just like my black car. And that's, that's basically the story behind uh, that, that tune. Um, well, you know, it started off with being a, a, um, a guitar song. Not at all since, and all. but we just couldn't resist it after the discovery of, of the DX7 and stuff like that. And now I'm probably going to go over too long. <laughs> but my brother and I got into the studio, and we just started fooling around with things. And we said, whatever we did in the 70s, we won't do for this for this for this cut. No live drums. Uh, we we started really ass backwards. I started by just a kind of a fake guitar track and. And then I went to electric guitar, it was a Yamaha, I think, GS guitar. I did it myself, and then we put a drum machine, and then we tried synths, and we just worked completely the opposite way that we worked in the 70s. We, we worked with the rhythm section then, and we just decided to do, do differently for black cars, and that's why it kind of turned out different. We knew that if we approached it differently, the end would be different. Black Cars from Gino Vanelli on Behind the Vinyl, the podcast. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you taking the time to bring us with you. We got a very animated and amusing Alex Lyson from Rush coming up after we try to find romance in traffic. 
from spoons. Here's bass player, singer, and founding member Sandy Horn. Hi, everyone. I'm here to share some stories with you about romantic traffic. Um, bass riff there. is actually was supposed to be piano. But Niall decided, no, we're gonna make that bass. And the interesting thing about that, it was through Niall um, that the bass I play today is the Spectre bass. And it was because Bernard Edwards from Chic was playing it and he brought it into the studio. Because when we went down to the power station in New York to do Romantic Traffic and Town of Lies, um, we didn't bring our instruments with us. So he said, oh, we'll just provide it for you. So Bernard brought in a pink Spectre bass, the only one at the time, and I got to play that on uh, on the song, um, and it was great. Um, also, we got to punch up um, the production because we got to use David Bowie's people that he used the brass section, and uh, which is the Aubrey Jute brass section, and the Sims Brothers to do the background vocals. And again, to get the echo sound, like Power Station in New York is all these levels, and now put his car in on the ground level and it would come up an elevator and his Lamborghini would come in. So there we are doing our background vocals in with Lamborghini behind us while we're doing our doot doot doots. <laughs> but the thing is with the doot doots is Gordon originally just didn't have any extra lyrics so he was just doing doot doots trying to come up with the extra words and they wouldn't come. And Niall says, no, no, that's really cool. Just do the doot doots. And sure enough, it became a signature um, Heart. and I mean it's played often uh, I always thought this song should be in a car commercial you know a couple of times it's popped up but it hasn't happened yet still hoping um, the video great time uh, we did one camera held held handheld with um, Robert um, oh and uh, Fresco and we just went one camera down that the TTC had a permit and we just kept going we didn't have a script the easiest video we ever did our most effective I think at least our fans think so but a little story people don't know is if you know back in the day Gordon and I besides being performance partners were actually a couple and when we were doing the video people say it looks so emotional and you guys look so you know involved in it and it was because Gordon and I had only just broken up like a week before and here we are having to do the video but we're gonna keep the band going anyway we're gonna figure it out so it's do 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 romantic traffic life goes on you know so yeah great times and this Ontario place at the forum with the audience singing back to us because even today we will stop and sit, let the audience do it this is the best part of everything listening to the audience come back to us Awesome. Traffic. Yeah. Romantic Traffic from Spoons on Behind the Vinyl, the podcast. I'm Stu Jeffries with one of our Jackpot episodes. Jackpot is in landing a member of the Holy Trinity or Gods of the North, Rush. If you've ever seen Alex Lifeson in an interview, you know he's a guy that likes to have fun, and you certainly get that vibe here as Alex talks about recording Tom Sawyer. Hi, Alex here. No. I'm Katie Lee. And I can see whatever I want to. This song, <laughs> we had a video done for, uh, for the tour, for the live uh, presentation of this by the guys from South Park, um, Matt Stone and, uh, and Trey um, Parker. It was hilarious. When we got this, we, we, we become friends with them over the years. And uh, 
you know, they're, they're, they're Rush fans, and um, and Matt, uh, when we approached him about doing something in that style for our rear screen projection, uh, they were all over it. In fact, they were on holiday. They came back from holiday. They went into the studio. They worked because we had a, a time limit, and they just put this little piece together with Carmen as Getty, and, uh, and it's hilarious. And as soon as it comes on, the crowd just goes mental. Um, it's really, really a lot of fun. And, of course, you could see it on our uh, DVDs, which are available at your local... Oh, that's a little story. Um, this is from Moving Pictures, as you know. Uh, we were at La Studio in 19, end of 1980, beginning of 81. We were there for about three or four months, which was typical for uh, us making a record and, and mixing. Um, I've said it before, this was such a great record to make. We, we really had a lot of fun. Uh, some records are like that. Some are very, very difficult to make. For example, Grace Under Pressure was very difficult. Done at the studio as well a few years later. But uh, Moving Pictures was such a positive, fun record. It was cold. We played volleyball outside when it was minus 20 degrees. Uh, fortunately, we had lots of cognac and other things to keep us warm. And we would do that after sessions. We'd finish at about 2 o'clock in the morning, go back and play till like 5 o'clock in the morning in the in this little yard of the house that we stayed up by the studio. But uh, it was such a riot, and it just kept everybody in the best of spirits. This song, uh, we sure did play a lot. And uh, I don't miss playing it right now. That's okay. Because <laughs> we really, really played it a lot. And it's a, it's a difficult song to play, particularly for Neil. Uh, I mean, he's crazy drummer. Uh, he makes everything just so hard. Uh, if I was drumming, I certainly would be like this. Much lazier. Uh, but that's not him. And uh, you can hear it in his drumming. It's so active on this song. And structurally, the song's a weird kind of song. It starts with a verse, and then it goes into sort of uh, a bridge and then it goes into another section and then it comes back in the chorus and uh, you know it's kind of all over the place it's not a traditional sort of uh, arrangement uh, and it's like I said it's a hard song to play for well f- for some people <laughs> for me it's a breeze but that's because my parts are very simple and um I'm, I'm working on that now. So, hopefully, I'll get better. We close with this song. We open with this song. I think this song probably uh, most people recognize us because of it. And uh, it's a lot of things. It's that opening note that kind of sets it apart the weird arrangement uh, the rebel spirit I think appealed to a lot of people particularly when it was first released Uh, yeah Tom Sawyer such a funny guy and a great guy all around Alex Lifeson of Rush wraps up this episode of Behind the Vinyl the Podcast We sure appreciate you listening, and we appreciate the support with all the shares. I'm Stu Jeffries, and on behalf of the team, thanks for listening. 
This has been Behind the Vinyl, the podcast, hosted by Stu Jeffries. Audio production courtesy of Doug Morehouse, Dan McIntosh, and Troy McCallum. Thanks for listening.